Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I, I thought in that space, like, if I were to go to sleep, if I were to just stop keeping myself awake, then that's it. My life is over. Like, I'm going to die. At a point, I said, like, it's okay to let go. Mm. And I did. And then I saw the whole white light that people talk about. And I don't even know why I do this because it's it's real. And I saw the white light. At that moment, that's when I became not scared to die. Because within the white light, it's just like euphoria. Welcome to Think Gold Media. I am your host, Ivory Frimpong. And here on the Think Gold Podcast, I interview guests who come from all walks of life. We talk about topics ranging from spirituality and the deeper meaning behind life, all the way to topics like dealing with adversity and overcoming failure. Ultimately, my goal is to reach beyond social norms and have conversations with people that you wouldn't normally hear on a daily basis. If I can inspire one person, just one person, to take away something from this episode, then this platform has done its job. If this is your first time tuning in, I welcome you to the Think Gold family, and I urge you to follow us on all social media platforms at Think Gold Media. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's episode, and Think Gold. Today on the podcast, we introduce to you Lexis Fernandez. Lexis is an award-winning entrepreneur based out of Providence, Rhode Island. At the age of 20, she suffered from a ruptured brain aneurysm that would change her life forever. This same brain injury causes 50% of patients to die before they can even reach the hospital. Lexis, in this case, is a survivor, and she has used this traumatic experience to impact people all across the world through not only her skincare line called Solita, but her voice and her testimony. Today, we bring you none other than Lexis Fernandez. Welcome to the podcast, Lex. <laughs> that was a good intro. Thank you. Of course, of course. I've been trying to get better at my intros and, and pay more homage to, to our guests. Um, but we were talking offline before this. How's, how's your morning going? Great. I made breakfast, woke up with my boyfriend, love mm. my life, mm. and about to have a busy day. Mm. And you have something today that is really important, right? And you said you have a photo shoot. What's that photo shoot for today? Photo shoot for, uh, I'm going to be featured in one of the largest publishers in Rhode Island, which is Rhode Island Monthly. Hmm. And most likely uh, featured uh, as being a CEO to the Solita and co-founder of Solita, because they're going to take photos inside the store. So it's exciting. <laughs> That's a big blessing, big blessing right there. Um, Lexis, I just, you know, going to school in, at the University of Rhode Island, right? You know, I'm from I'm from Northern Virginia, right? When I was looking at colleges and I was looking at Rhode Island, I thought like I was going to the Bahamas or something, right? We talk about Rhode Island. But going there, you know, you look at it, it's the smallest state in the country, right? You know, everybody kind of, you know, has their own lingo, you know, if you're from the bucket, you're from, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, you're from Providence, you're from Warwick. Um, and it's just interesting for me being there for five years, like I really got close to a lot of the culture in Rhode Island. And I think it's extremely beautiful. 
And I had John Hope on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And he spit nothing but gems, right? And he he wore that chip on his shoulder coming from Rhode Island, right? And then uh, you know, coming across your Instagram page, right? I'm like, I'm seeing your entrepreneurial stuff. And I think you posted something. And because I didn't even know you about your I didn't know you from your your injury, but I knew you just from your entrepreneurial tips. And it was like you made a post saying something about if you um basically traits of an entrepreneur. Do you remember that post? And you were like, if you, uh, you know, like creating, you know, if you don't like, you know, being told what to do, basically, you're like, you're like, you're an entrepreneur. And I was like, whoa, like that kind of resonate with this. And then I started scrolling through your Instagram. And I saw that video of you and what you went through that brain injury. And I was like, holy, oh, my Lord, like, she looks the same age as me. Like, that's actually crazy. You know, because I've been through I've been through a lot of stuff, but I can't say I've been through anything close to, you know, what you've gone through. And I think what's most surprising about this, and I know I'm making this long winded, is that like you seem like now like that never even happened. Like you seem like such a like a like your aura, just even from social media, like it comes through as like being such a beautiful presence and a beautiful soul. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. I think it's important to shed light. I think it's important to shed light of how you got here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And and that's what I want to make this episode today about is that journey, that process, and then how, you know, how did your soul elevate and change from, you know, you having to get skull surgery to now, you know, being an owner of a company, right? So first off, I want to ask you, Lexis, what was life like growing up for you in Rhode Island? Um, you know, walk me, give us a picture of, of little Lexus. <laughs> well, I was born and raised in Providence. I tell people I have so much pride in Providence. I'll probably get like the outline of Providence tatted somewhere. <laughs> and being in a small state, it's like everybody kind of knows each other. Mm -hmm. So I was, I grew up, my outlet was I when it comes to extra extracurricular curricular you're gonna hear that a lot some words I'm still have disabilities no, with okay. difficulties with to pronounce but I doing anything that would keep me out of my house hmm. That that was like my purpose. Okay, I'm gonna join a sports group. I'm gonna do some art, any type of extracurricular activities. Like I was, I signed up, hmm. and I guess at a young age, I knew that if I work hard, it doesn't matter where I came from or what I've been through, I will be able to change my destiny. Hmm. And so I was like one of those like teacher's pet <laughs> I did really good in like everything that I did because like, I I just knew how I grew up like I didn't want my children to go through what I went through hmm. and I always envisioned like when I'm an adult like I'm gonna have to deal with none of this and it's just like I I always ins was inspired to be older hmm. So um, from like middle school to high school, 
I think some side effects of the trauma that I went through, it made me grow up quickly, you know, mm. losing innocence early, um, being focused on things, everything other than school, but still doing really good, get, getting really good grades. Mm. I had a lot of freedom with my family because I had good grades. So I explored you know, maybe let me sneak out here, go to this party. Let me go in across the state and let me just go see what it looks like in this park or this beach. And just a lot of freedom. And because of having a lot of freedom, it gave me some power. It also mm. gave me some mistakes and some regrets. Mm. It took up until high school freshman year. I had this boyfriend much older than me and towards the end of freshman year I was like I can't put chilling with my boyfriend on my resume as like after school extra extra activities <laughs> so I'm like you know what let me drop him yeah I dropped him and then I pushed myself into debate wow and growing up with um, mm. having to defend yourself you become very defensive mm -hmm. and I developed knowledge to use my voice as a tool for change and like so during debate like I was pretty good because like any type of uh like strength I was like holding in or any type of emotion that I was holding in or oh, I was <laughs> I was gonna win <laughs> was it was it any type of debate or were you focused on like politics or a certain um policy area policy um debate so every year it's a different resolution mm -hmm. so I've done um uh, tournaments related to the Cuban uh, sorry, I don't know the Cuban embargo Okay. Uh, yeah, Cuban embargo or the uh, what's it called? Solar panels, uh, coral reefs, like a Out bunch environmental of environmental stuff. Politics. Yeah, it, it, gotcha. it changes all the time. But doing that, it taught me that high school was so Eurocentric in what I was learning, mm. and I that's when I learned that like this public school, it's I'm not learning anything at all and nothing that could have used I can use in the real adult life mm. so I focused on debate and black studies which I took outside of my high school and those two things truly taught me more like I can go far but I, I this high school being so Eurocentric and not teaching me anything about my history or skills that I can use excuse me later in life I'm like okay let's I was I ended up you know being like uh what's it called a class president debate um captain of the debate team I did all these things uh, but I was barely there I was barely there y'all I was like just getting le like learning outside of yeah I I had to so wow Basically, going through a lot at home pushed me to explore many things and becoming a very multifaceted uh, uh, res, uh, res, re renaissance Multi woman. 
Renaissance at a very young age. Okay. Hmm. Well, my story's a little different. I had a I had a 1.7 GPA in high school. I was not the class president. Uh, I, 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 I should have tried to be the class president. Um, but I get that kind of makes me emotional, Alexis, because you know, you talk about growing up and it's almost like like everybody has like two roads that they could take, right? And that's one is the road that everybody in their family has taken, you know? And you kind of see that pattern in front of you every single day as you as you're around your family. Then the second road is 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 doing the complete opposite. Right? It's actually going for something. It's it's shooting for something meaningful. It's saying I don't like you know where I'm where where my family is at. You know I don't like the way we think. Like I want to change that. You know, I want to go make my own path. And I feel like I wasn't gonna mention this this early on, but. I feel like God just like set certain people apart. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like for me, you know, growing up, you know, my dad was deported when I was like 10, nine or 10 years old. Um, you know, my mom had me at a really young age. And, you know, just like you, like I was in defensive mode, you know, all, all my life growing up as a kid. And even still somehow like, you know, I end up creating Think Gold and I end up going to school for free. And it's like, I look at it and I'm just like, but that's not really, it's not really me, you know? Like something has entered my soul to like want me to go in a different direction, right? And I feel like that same thing um, has happened to you. I don't know if you think the same thing, Lexis, of, you know, God pushing you apart. Yeah, for a long time, it's kind of like, why is this happening to me? And mm you have to move into kind of like open-mindedness to change that that question and change it to why why am I um what am I learning from this hmm. and a lot of the things that like I went through like it makes sense because it's all part of my character development hmm. and, um, I see life as a game honestly hmm. like everything that I do um Sometimes I'm like, oh, that's 20 points right there. <laughs> and even when it comes to like energizing myself, my life bar, like my, yeah. my life bar right now is, is, is low. Like I got to recharge. Yeah, or me even, too. even um even uh checkpoints in my life. Hmm. Like when it comes to things that I do. Did you have anybody instill any of these characteristics in you? Like growing up, you know, from mom, dad to like this, um to think like that you know to think that life is a game I, I I I wish like I wish I could tell you somebody that came into my life that really like changed my life I mean you know the teacher of the black studies uh Marco McWilliams like he he taught me a lot but there's nothing that really it wasn't there was nobody there to save me there was nobody mm. there to what it is, is I'm becoming the person that I needed. Mm. Mm. Um, even the lack of not going to therapy is like, or not like getting any help. I, I, I didn't. But what I did is I helped myself and I educated myself um, through um, internet and books and YouTube and stuff like that but I, I wish I did have somebody 
to like be um bring homage to yeah in the last podcast i did it's funny you said that that you're becoming a person um who you needed when you were younger right and we talked about i talked about the same thing with this lady named katie uh kobo on the other on the podcast a couple weeks ago and it was like you know i was painting this picture of you know picturing yourself as a kid you know in your in your in your house growing up right when you're like six seven years old and right and and you're just having an out-of-body experience and say, you know, you are who you are now. And you're walking into that room where you're growing up at and your little, you know, seven-year-old self is in there. And he's, you know, he or she's sitting on the, sitting on the bed and you're looking at yourself and you're like, what does that little kid need to hear? You know, all the emotions that that little kid is feeling like, what can you tell them now? You know, and I feel like we live or some of us live our whole lives trying to become that person that could give our little, our younger self some, some advice and really, you know, encourage that younger self. Right. Cause we all needed that, you know, it's only, we, we all needed that one person just to come in and just really like, tell us like, Hey, Lexus, like you can do anything you can dream of, right. Like you can do it. But when we don't, it's like, we got to tell ourselves that. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy looking back at it in, in hindsight, but Lexus, okay, walk me through. So high school, you know, killing it in debate, you know, you're, you're becoming a Renaissance woman, you know, you're becoming well-versed, you know, educated for sure. Um, what did you want to do? You know, out, looking out, outside of high school, what'd you want to do? I wanted to be the mayor of Providence. Honestly. <laughs> like I just, that was my you know back then that was that was my passion because I decolonized my mind to everything I was socialized to growing up and using debate and uh black studies like that's when I became I created my own values hmm. and what made me what got me excited in my heart and my soul was helping other people and uh representing like who I am and where I come from so I truly wanted to be the mayor and I honestly still can be, but I have other plans. So when I went to college, I was studying political science and urban studies as a minor. And after one art class, I also put that in there as like uh, uh, political science, visual arts. Okay. So, so I wanted to be, I just wanted to the political side. I, I wanted it. I wanted to represent. And so you went to university, you didn't go, did you go to Rhode Island, University of Rhode Island? Roger Williams University. Roger Williams University. Okay. All right. So Lexus, take me back to the year of 2018, right? Um, you know, just before your incident, the months leading up to that, you know, where, where was Lexus at mentally, physically at that point in time? So Lexus, uh, I had just turned 20 and me at that time, I knew that I wasn't in line with my purpose because I wasn't helping anybody. Um, my position was I was a manager at Sprint, so selling phones, and I had my own team. I was I was the youngest. Everybody was older than me for my employees. Wow. So like I was I was uh, I put myself in that position, and so I was like figuring that out. And I was I was making money. Like I remember my last check before my brain injury was 3K and that was one week. 
Wow. And it was just like, like, so for someone like me, I, I was, I, I've never seen a check like that. My parents have never seen a check like that. And, and it's not, you know, too, too much, but it's doing that work. And then to see that I was awarded, mm -hmm. uh, it was, it was nice. So Lexis then had a good job. She had a savings. <laughs> She was able to take my family on shopping sprees and plan vacations wow. and stuff. Like that. Twenty so years was, old. Twenty years yeah, old. Yeah, it was. It was. It was really. It was really sweet. Really, really sweet. And in school, I was doing really well. I had just finished my sophomore year finals, like legit. I was done Wednesday, and um, the weekend. That's when the aneurysm happened. The only extra time that I had for was Bible study. Uh, like I knew that I, I believed in like something, but I wanted to study some religion mm -hmm. and just to learn more and figure out, okay, like, what is this about? It's like I was growing up, we would go to church, but you know, when it's forced on you, it's like, it's just not the same, but I was really exploring that. So Bible study, full-time student and full-time job. And I was, I was chilling and I knew that there was, I knew that there was, um, there was, my body had to basically fold on me in order for me to get out of that position because feeling comfortable uh, and the security of getting money, like from that job, something big had to happen for me to leave. Hmm. Because I, I was, I was comfortable. I was, I was happy that I was making money. Yeah. And that's now take happened. me now take me to May 20th, 2018. May, Walk me through that day. Yeah. The night before I wrote on a whiteboard everything that I wanted to do that summer. So certain things were like create a scholarship, open up some more credit lines, get my nose pierced, um, read books. Uh, cook every two days just like a lot of milestones mm -hmm. um that day I also that week I also figured out that um I needed to redo my birth control so I called and that's when I realized I didn't have health insurance wow so this is Saturday aneurysm happened Sunday that Monday at 8 a.m., I had an alarm on to call for health insurance. Even though I signed up, like I know I did, for some reason, it was gone. So that was Saturday. Sunday comes around. It's about 3 o'clock. I am working at Emerald Square Mall, and I'm, I'm working in a kiosk. So right in the middle of a mall. And it's only about like, what's like six feet. It's like a little yeah. like box. Mm -hmm. I have one employee on shift and I'm working with a customer. And I'm also on the first floor of a mall. So I can look up. Anybody looking down could see everything that's going on. So I'm working with a customer. And he's going from a flip phone to a smartphone and I'm teaching him. I'm like, listen, <laughs> you can come anytime. I'll teach you whatever you know. I mean, you got it. Using your bag. Yeah. I was like, like, listen, I got you. And one thing I would always tell my customers, 
the manager position, the turnover was so bad. I used to tell customers, if I'm not here, then something bad happened. Mm. And that's when I truly learned on how powerful our words are because something bad did happen and it happened directly where I said, I kept saying that in the kiosk. So wow. I'm working with a customer and I'm taking off the plastic on the phone and I'm like, what do you want your passcode to be? In that moment, I heard like a pop. It almost felt like a hiccup, but it wasn't coming from my diaphragm. And I was like, oh, that was weird. Like in my head, I'm saying that. And I asked him again, what do you want your passcode to be? He said four numbers. And I had no idea what he was saying. I said, can you say that again? Four numbers. I couldn't understand it. And I was like, can you say that again? And he was like, like are you deaf? And I was like, all right, that's rude. So <laughs> I was like, you know what? Let me excuse myself. And this is just me like saying it in my head. And I asked yeah. my employee, hey, can you can you handle this? I grabbed all my stuff and I went in my car. And I'm crying, but I don't know why I'm crying. And I have no idea what's going on. But like I, I I was just like standing there and I'm like, what should I do? What should I do? I have no idea what was going on, like at all. There was a little bit like head pain. Mm-hmm. But I'm so happy I didn't make the I made the decision not to leave because I was just gonna go to my past boyfriend's job and tell him, like, hey, I'm not feeling well. But instead, I went back in the mall, which is the best decision. When I got back, the customer was done and I was talking to my employee and I'm trying to communicate English and I can't. Like, it's like three fourths of my vocabulary was gone and I'm trying to communicate and I'm trying to tell her no matter what, don't call the ambulance. But I don't know what the word ambulance is. I don't I don't know how to pronounce it wow. so like I'm I'm I could legit show you so I'm drawing on my phone like trucks and like putting x's like don't tell anybody like trying to communicate and then as I'm writing I'm like wait let me try my abcs and if you look at the abcs it's not in order oh my and goodness so I'm just like I'm like, I'm trying to figure it out. She's writing sentences on our computer and um, she's saying like, oh, can you pronounce? Like, can you, can you read this? And I'm trying to pronounce it. I start like responding like in Spanish, like I was trying to read tomorrow, but instead I said like mañana. And at that point, I still didn't want to go to, uh, to call the ambulance because I was I didn't want to deal with that bill like whatever it was going to be and that's like that that sucks that that was my mindset so after about um, she ended up calling my boyfriend at the time he ended up coming to the mall by the time he got to the mall I was in a fetal position inside um, the mall and he picked me up he took me outside the mall and I can show you right here. Look, so this is me trying to put my ABCs. Oh my goodness. You still have like, it on your phone. I, so the, the thing that I didn't mention to you <clears throat> is when I was trying to figure it out, 
in my head, I'm like, if I don't even know what's going on, how how am I going to explain to someone what's going on? Hmm. So what I did, I started recording. So I have the voice message, a voice audio of exactly everything that's going on. And you can hear it in my voice. And because I don't have most of my vocabulary, I'm swearing. Like, because wow. like, I, I, didn't, I didn't know what to say. So I'm swearing. You must swearing. have been so damn confused. I was so confused. Like, this is when I told you I was drawing trucks and like, don't, don't call. Oh, sorry. This is, yeah, this is like all wow. of the. So, so in the audio, no, in, in the audio, I, you hear me and I'm saying, who did this to me? I trusted myself so much that I couldn't believe that my body, my body did it to myself. That but you got I like poisoned or something or. Yeah. I thought the wrong. guy with the phone, I was like, he did something <laughs> to me. He's got the flip phone. It's some back to the future shit right here. <laughs> I thought that he, he, yeah, but. When I got to the hospital, I kept saying, like, I don't know my ABCs. I don't know my ABCs. Help me. I don't know my ABCs. They checked my brain. It was bleeding. And then they said that we can't help you here. They said we, so can't, we help can't help you, you here. Mm -mm. They said we can't help you here. You have to go to another hospital. Um. So they took me to Rhode Island Hospital. Did they fly you over there? They didn't fly me because it was it was like. It was maybe like a twenty-five minute drive. Okay. But when I was in the in the ambulance, they were treating me for uh being dehydrated. So like during the it was most of the people that have ruptured brain aneurysm don't make it to the hospital. Like 15%. But most people, as soon as it hits, they pass away right then and there. So like to be treating me for dehydration and to making me wait in the hospital, like this is dire time. My brain hmm. is bleeding. Uh, a ruptured brain aneurysm is a bulge, a weak spot in the artery wall in your brain and almost like a pimple. And mine popped. My family never, no one has ever had an aneurysm. Um, I wasn't abusing drugs I everything where it says a reason why I would have it didn't relate to me. And usually it, it starts to be uh developing like after 40, 40 years old. And it's super common between 35 and just like an older age. I was 20. I had just turned 20. So it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. And uh, do you want me to continue with more of that? Like, uh, no, I'm just now I'm on the I'm on the edge of my seat right now listening to this. Yeah, so yeah, please continue. Please continue. Once I got to the hospital, once I got to the hospital, Rhode Island Hospital, um, my family was like already there. So this this moment I didn't know because because I guess it was unconscious. But like when I got into the hospital, there was like someone like on top of me, like making sure like I was breathing hmm. and like, like, I guess like, you know, um, make sure, yeah, making sure like I was breathing. At that moment, once I got to the hospital, I knew that I was in some type of coma. I knew because as much as I wanted to move my body, I couldn't and I could hear everyone speaking 
So I'm hearing the doctors, I'm hearing nurses talking about their lunch. And I'm just like silently screaming, like, help me. Like, why are you talking about lunch? Like, I can't even move. I Your eyes are closed at this time, like you're sleeping? So the body is, but my soul is 100% conscious. Hmm. So like, I, it was almost like a separation. Like, I was basically in just a black space like pitch, pitch black. I could not feel like my body. I couldn't move my body. I was like only a conscious. So I don't know if it was this big or I was like this big. And there was no time. People dealing with near death experiences, there's a lot of um, common things that happen. And one of them is there's no time. Like, I don't know if I was in a coma for two minutes, two hours, two days, two weeks. I know it wasn't two weeks because when I woke up, they told me, but there was, there's no time. And all I was doing, because I knew that I couldn't um, put numbers in order and my ABCs in order, I was just practicing. So I'm in this like void and I'm just like A, B, C, E, D, like just trying and testing and practicing and it got to a point where I got tired and I told myself like I I thought in that space like if I were to go to sleep if I were to just stop keeping myself awake then that's it my life is over like I'm gonna die that at a point I said like it's okay to let go Mm -hmm. and I did and then I saw the whole white light that people talk about and I don't even know why I do this because it's it's real and I saw the white light and for at that moment that's when I became not scared to die because within the white light let me turn this on within the white light it's just like euphoria like you don't you're not scared anymore life goes on after passing away and like you're you're still a spirit right now I'm a soul but I'm just in this body for right now in the next life I can be a black man I could be uh someone someone else and and that's after doing you know more research that's that's how I see life is Mm. Like right now I'm in this body, in this lifetime on this earth because I'm trying to develop almost like a mission with my soul. Mm. So everything that I've been through, there's a reason for it. And once I've reached my soul purpose, then I will pass away. And that's why I feel like that's why some people, they pass away for like for no reason. They already did what they had to do in that body. And now it's wow. time for them to continue to develop in a in a different aspect in a different body, and like I, this is this is I believe this because not only did I do research on it, but I also experienced it. A lot of people, I, it's it's a lot. But once I woke up from the coma, um, I was in and in and out of consciousness. I'll be wake up, go to sleep, wake up, go to sleep. And I don't like to be restrained. So I'm like, when I wake up, I'm like this, like. <laughs> I used to put the middle fingers up. Yes, because I'm like, because when they have that thing in your throat and like, because they, they can't talk. me back. And I'm just like, to everybody, <laughs> it didn't matter who it was. And I was very. 
Oh, Lord. Okay, we're back. Uh, <laughs> had a little technical difficulties, but we're back. So Alexis was saying she was coming out the coma and she was she was restrained and she was flicking people off. <laughs> like, like, I was so slick. Like I was flipping myself out and people were like, no, no, no. They're holding me back. And I'm, I was just like, I was so aggressive. Cause I'm like, mm. what's going on? <laughs> like yeah. someone got to Wait, how long but, were you um, under? I didn't get this. How long were you under in a coma for? Um, it was only a few hours. Wow. And but, how long, if you had to guess, how long did you think you were in a coma for? Like when oh, you woke up? Definitely like at least like a week or two. At wow. least. I'm telling it is like to be in a space where there's no time, it's 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 weird. It it's it, it's so weird. It's mm. it's it's like I mean time we've created the calendar like we've created humans and but if but if it didn't matter and in like when in the nights like maybe that's when you wake up. It's it, it was it was it was you can feel that there was no time. Wow. And one thing, so like when you're at the mall and then you're traveling from hospital to hospital, were you under pain? So I know you couldn't speak and you're like mentally, like cognitively, you were um, function weren't functioning, but from a pain perspective, were you under any pain? There was, it's almost like a headache. Um, so if you listen to the audio that I recorded, like I'm saying like, ah, like my head, it hurts. Hmm. And, um, physically, you couldn't see anything, but inside it's just like, my brain's like flooded on the left side wow. of my brain. So I was in pain. I know that they gave me some medicine, but I'll tell you right now, the physical pain I can do again. It's the mental pain that I, that Oof. I can't. Okay. So if you can continue the story, cause I want to know, like, obviously you're now waking up and you're like, all right, what the heck is going on? What was everybody telling you? Um, They couldn't tell me like anything for a while for at least like another couple days um and also i wasn't i wasn't really i was in and out of sleep um in my voice my voice changed i was like basically pushed back to adolescence my sentences i remember not being able to pronounce elephant or junior because i was like trying to be a junior in college i couldn't even say like sprint i couldn't wow. pronounce boyfriend at the time's name um so like three fourths of my vocabulary was gone. And when you have a brain injury, it's like you really don't know what's going on. Like you're it's not you. Like the words that you're saying, it's not you. I was very aggressive, very aggressive. And like everybody just put up with it because they knew that it wasn't me. Hmm. So I said a lot of things that maybe like I shouldn't have said. And but I I I I could I, I couldn't. I wasn't me for a wow. while. Hmm. What was the recovery process like? And how did you, I mean, what was that road to being where you are now from a, from a physical perspective and a mental perspective? Two weeks after I got to the hospital, my brain started swelling. They pushed me into a surgery. They took this piece of my skull out 
because the brain was swelling and um, not having this piece of my skull took about, it was supposed to be four months to get it back. Uh, my brain became- You were going to put the piece back in? I yeah, was going to grow so it back. Sorry? They were going to put that same piece back or a different piece back in? Okay. Mm -hmm. So it usually takes about four months. Um, your head is like filled with like liquid. I wear a helmet. I still have my helmet. And um, as time goes on, that liquid-ish like gets smaller and smaller. So after about four months, my head was like popped basketball. I had a big indent. And the first time I was supposed to get the surgery, as soon as they gave me um, like the sleeping gas, I woke right back up and they said, hey, we're not going to do the surgery today. The next day, they called my mom like, hey, can you bring Lexus in to do a 3D print of her skull? And she's like, why? She's like, oh, they didn't tell you? First, they lost my bone. Oh, my goodness. And then, and then um, they found it. And then it took an extra month just for blood tests to, to make sure that it was mine. So the problem was they put my bone under a different name. And my name is Lexis Raven Silva Fernandez. So I guess when they checked me in, they like switched my name to just Lexis Fernandez. I feel like if there was more people that have longer names, which is usually people of color um, or coming from my culture, they would recognize mm. that. Mm. So it took about five months just to get my... Uh, the aneurysm happened in May. I got my piece back and all the staples out November 3rd. Wow. And so going through that, going through that recovery process, learning your ABCs, I'm sure you had to deal with, that's probably what it, most of the pain set in right after the fact. Um, how did Solita come into play? So during the hospital, spending a lot of time in the hospital, you're, my skin got very sensitive. Um, I went from never taking pills to being handfuls, being handed a handful of pills, American mm. medicine, like every couple mm. hours. My, my body changed, very sensitive, filled with scars from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And so there's a need for something to help my skin regu regulate it regulated and then the other side of it was I because I couldn't do much I had a lot of time I couldn't go back to work I couldn't go back to school I didn't have much money my wealth lasted only eight months to pay my bills and stuff so to understand how Solita came about you have to understand that when my brain started bleeding it took away everything that was related to like numbers, letters, words, reading, writing, anything analytic. But this side here, the, my creative side was booming. Mm. Mm. So as I'm home and I can't do much, I'm seeing these different visions of art pieces, sculptures, poems. And I'm like, I have all this time. Let me just make it into reality. An idea to a thing, to a, an idea, to an item a thought to a thing. So I knew something inside me was like, one of these visions are going to be my next career. Wow. 
So Solita was one of those visions. So there was a need, the, the problems, I needed a solution for my own skin. And then I also need, um, and then that was like one of the ideas to create some natural skincare, body care, but in the scope of self-care. Mm. I really got into skincare because I told you I got my skull back November 3rd. Seven weeks later, I started a business selling earrings. And they're seven all seven weeks later. That's soon. That's <laughs> soon you was ready to start a business and you wasn't like over here laying in bed all day, feeling sorry for yourself. You wanted to start a business. That wow. Okay, keep going. I needed I needed something. So I started selling earrings on Facebook Live and I had no idea what I was doing. I just went to a flea market, got some earrings, and I created some and I would pick them up. Who wants this on Facebook Live? They wanted it. I put in a poly mailer after I messaged them. This is what you owe. They send it. I ship it. I was doing that, hustling that for like a couple of weeks until December 31st. December 31st, 2018. A day before, it was my first time actually going to the movies, not wearing my helmet. I was really happy. The side effects of the aneurysm were really hard on me and I kept losing things all that money that I saved and that I gained or people like my dad helped try to help me out with some bills maybe like 3k to help me out with bills for the next couple months I lost it what do you mean Once you lost I, it I lost my wallet with oh, all the money Lord, Lord. where I could go to the bank it pushed me down to my lowest and I was just like if money matters this much like like I, I don't want to I don't want to be alive I took all the, not all the pills, but most of the pills from the hospital gave me. And when I woke up, I'm like, you know, I can't do this anymore. If a ruptured brain aneurysm couldn't kill me, and if I couldn't kill myself, then I'm supposed to be alive. And I need to figure out what my purpose is. Mm. So that's when I really got into self-care and healing myself. Like I said, I wish I had, I, I could bring homage to someone who truly helped me out. But the only thing that could help me out was God, the universe, and like myself um, w with the self-healing and focusing on my wellness. Hmm. So that happened December 31st. By February 14th, I started making, um, well, the, the whole time I was making these soaps that was very unique. And I was like, when people think about soaps, they think about a block of white bar with a logo on it. How can I change that idea? I made these, um, Solita used to be Solita soap. And the soaps would be custom. I did some shaped in um, Yeezys and like AK-47. Like, <laughs> yeah, they were like really cool. Different colors, different organic oils, different herbs, different smells. If you wanted a soap with your name on it, I could do that. So I made soap baskets for Valentine's Day. All of them got sold on Instagram. Wow. And that was like the beginning of Solita. I didn't create a website until September 29th, 2019. Throughout that whole summer, after February, I didn't know really what to do with the soap baskets. So that whole summer and spring, I was like, let me try to get friends, maybe go out and do things. I did poetry nights. I was doing photo shoots, video shoots, and it gave me more confidence because mind you, they cut my hair. 
and curly hair was like it's my culture it's my confidence it it was my identity but then i realized like i'm dope even without the hair Mm. and it's not about what's on the physical it's what's in the inside so in september i was like okay it's getting into later in the year it's fall let me start a business i brought solita back with products rose oil uh, beard oil rice water and rice water and then the soaps hmm. and it was trash the website was trash like some of the product description wasn't even finished yeah um, it, it was really trash but you know i grew up playing um club penguin millsbury well like what else where you could create stuff farmville. Like those- did you play farmville yeah, some farm, not that, but like uh, MySpace, you know, you can like customize things, Tumblr. So yep. I'm like, if I could do that, I can make a website, which it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. Hmm. <laughs> the honesty, the self-awareness. Yeah, it wasn't good. Um, so I started it. I ended up meeting my co-founder and he has a lot of skills that I didn't have um, working with models and different big brands like Converse, um, wow. like big brands, um, Hypebeast, stuff like that. So we started working together and everything, like I had the vision, I had the ideas, he had like the skills, we worked together and we ended up, um, he redid the website. We rebranded in April, 2020. Mm-hmm. and. April 2020. When was that? COVID. COVID. But you so was on. Had, you you had an online presence though, right? So it was. Were you affected by COVID a lot? In a way, but I think other people had it worse, especially if you had like a storefront. Um, mm. different different businesses. I think a lot of people got got it worse, but like we had to. T- excuse me. We had to take some products off our cat- catalog because we couldn't source the materials anymore. The product bottle but actually um covid helped us actually let me not say covid helped us it's really really sad to say but we we got a lot of support once george floyd was murdered murdered because you remember how the whole world was just like uh uh protesting and people started to actually spend spend money on black businesses so we we relaunched april 2020 by june 2020 like every single day we made gold and we basically just started i didn't even have my llc yet they featured us in 20 different articles and nobody emailed us to tell us so we didn't know and they basically just every single article was titled black businesses in rhode island and it would be they would put us solita soap. So all of these businesses were or or articles or just blogs was just copying and pasting from uh from other ones. So we were featured many times. We didn't even know until we Googled our name like a month later. Hmm. And it's like, but based off of that, we had so many inquiries for retail partners. By that fall, we had 12 retail partners nationwide. Wow. Which like so like that that was the big push and um that right there was like the start of how 
people knew about Solita in mm. Rhode Island. Wow, what a what a beautiful story. So I mean that's that's amazing. That's that's so amazing. I mean, mm. everything that you went through, you know, just from working, not even forget about the injury, but you went from working at a sprint, you know, being a sprint manager to now being an owner of a skincare company that is seen, you know, all across the country, you know, working with a co-founder who's doing amazing things. Um, it seems like things just like for a reason, like, I don't know, just, I don't know if you think that Lex, but everything that you have been through, like, honestly, just seems like it's been that way for a reason. Like it's been to get you here because just from hearing your story, I don't think you would have became the woman that you're supposed to be without this, without the injury. If you were to just work as that sprint manager, you know, you might not have ever tapped into that real creative side that you have within you. Um, and so I was, you know, I, I wanted to ask you the question and I feel like we already talked about it, but like, you know, do you feel like God, you know, that brain aneurysm, he put that in your life, you know, for you, you know, instead of he did it to you, but he did it more so for you. You know what I'm saying? You kind of feel like that? Most definitely. Everything makes more sense as time times goes on. And like, even all the new opportunities I get, like, I feel like I'm never ready for it, but God would have never offered this opportunity if I couldn't get ready or I'm not, if I wasn't ready for it. So it's like every single thing, everything makes so much sense. Like I told you, with that money coming in, someone had to legit, they had to fold me from inside out in order for me to get out of that position. Wow. Like this is entirely into my purpose. Not only did I become, you know, a business, a business, an entrepreneur, but I also became a motivational speaker. Mm. And what I, what I mentioned to you before, my skill was speech, like speaking with debate. And the aneurysm took that one thing that I really believed in myself away. I couldn't even read sentences. And it's like, I don't even know what this was, a pinky. I didn't know what pasta was, nothing. So like to take it away and then for me to have to work to get it back, it took three years in speech therapy to be talking to you and you don't even recognize that I have a language disorder. Hmm. So to have it, get it taken away and get it back. And now with like all of these new chapters in my life of things that I've survived, like I use the things that I've survived. I, I like to share it because I knew that certain tactics that I took can be part of someone else's survival guide. Mm. And just because my brain bled, it doesn't mean that people can't resonate with it. Mm. So it's, it, it makes sense. Yeah. I think you made a post too on Instagram. You said like, you know, I went through a near death experience, so you didn't have to. Did you make yeah. something like that? Right. Um, yeah. And hearing you, hearing you talk about that. And I want to hammer on on this point. You know, you talking about seeing that white light and then you talking about the soul, right? And you said that, um, you know, once we pass, like my soul will still live on, right? Yeah. And I feel like, you do you carry that like every day, that feeling of like, this is just the body? Most That's definitely. 
most definitely even and that's that was the inspiration for a new mindset of i'm not trying to be entertained mm. i'm not trying to be watching tv all the time like doing a nine to five and then um finding relief by watching reality tv shows like i'm not trying to be entertained i'm trying to be educated growing mm. up because of my trauma i was so focused on finding love and boys and just trying to get some type of security instead of focusing on educating myself and now like it's totally the opposite like i understand each time i'm developing new ideas like that's what really like gets me going that's when i'm most like stimulated and it's it's about the things that i do that get me excited to do yeah yeah and it's like, i i have purpose in my life so like I know exactly what I got to do. Mm. And, and then it's just like learning routines and um, dis discipline and determination for me to become the person I want to be. I mean, I'm already kind to her, but there's certain things that I, I want to accomplish. Amen. Amen. I wanted to talk about, you know, entrepreneurial business, but I feel like we should just set that for a whole nother podcast because, I mean, this is like, there's so much that we can dive into. Um, but let's just, let's dive into like, you know, some quick, quick gems that you can give me, right. You know, I'm starting Think Gold, right. And I really want to build Think Gold into, you know, a media platform that is designed around the podcast that we do, right. Based off the conversations that we do. Um, but not only that, I want to put people with the Think Gold mindset, right. With the Think Gold mindset is, is believing that you can achieve anything that you that you believe, right? It's shooting for that goal in your life. You know, whether that be, you know, you want to be a CEO, you know, you're going to strive for that every single day, right? And not only yeah. are you going to strive for it, but you're going to think like that, right? Yep. And it comes from, you know, Olympic athletes and how they're training for the Olympics. Like, you know, if you want a goal, if you want to win the gold medal, you got to believe first that you kind of already have it. You know what I'm saying? Then you speak it into existence. Um, so me trying to create that into a reality and put this into a business, what advice do you have for me? For you? Yeah, for me. Well, first, I think you are doing great. I was on um, my meeting with my business advisor this morning and we were looking at your stuff. You're like, oh, this is, this is good. You it's know, good. Yeah. when it comes to like the platform, like you're you're definitely on a great track like from your highlights to your bio to your posts and how the engagement it's like I know that you know what you're doing and that's why I accepted doing this podcast anybody who just started their podcast I have to decline because I know throughout time they're gonna change certain things because you're getting more knowledge mm. and I was like oh this I think you're at a right spot I would say um your mission is great. I would continue to try to find more like inspo and figure out like, okay, how did this podcast get to that level? Mm. Continue to be consistent on the uh, content creation. And especially sometimes people don't really get a big push until they do episode 100 or they just uh, get... <laughs> and... I think being, you know, super consistent 
and you know but not burning yourself out so creating mm. your social media media pillars like whether it's promotional educational or um um inspirational figure out all the type of posts that you can create and then start batching content mm. and maybe not every post will be like um uh, a reel of us but also how can you create community like mm. can you do in your city do a networking event and um hosting it getting some sponsors it's not too hard to get sponsors for food for wine for, uh, like we're sponsored by box water when it comes to solita and they send mm. us like 500 cases every couple months wow so i think focus on community find some more inspiration do case studies uh, or just like study how other people got where they're at with their podcasts mm -hmm. and um i would definitely push your story push your story when it comes to uh like everything that you're doing why you created it because once you tell me your reason why it makes me want to listen even more mm. of course quality for it and then maybe you should read the book expert secrets my boyfriend expert he secrets. got it and then yeah, I, and I, I've been listening to it and it, it mentions how to create a movement, um, a community, uh, even when it relate, it's related to podcasts. He didn't really get a big pull until it was episode like 45 or something like that. But I think I think you would really enjoy it. Expert okay. Secrets. And Ooh. you get a like audio book. But I think you're you're doing really well. How long have you been making your podcast? um i started sophomore year in college right playing mm -hmm. football but i didn't really start until I'd probably say 2019 nice. and it would always be something where it's like when i was in the off season i would do it and then when football season would come i just like kind of put it to the side gotcha. and it wasn't until this past year that i was like all right i want to make this into an actual business you know Beautiful. so yeah yeah Try to get some uh, try to get some sponsors. Okay. Like say say you could see like your table and you just have like a water right there or like like a wine right there. I think yeah. I definitely box water. You most likely can get box water. Um Let start, me ask you this, Lexis. Sorry to cut you off. What do you do? What's your mindset on building a team? Right? Especially when it comes to content creation. And I'll ask that one on that last question. Yeah, when it comes to my mindset when with that, like I know that I'm not good at everything. And I know that there's uh, there's a lot of hats that you wear as a entrepreneur. And you can't do everything. So first, having that mindset like okay, just because it's not me making it or doing it doesn't mean that I won't be perfect or like worthy. So that uh delegation um, it took it took a long time for me to to even share Solita with the co-founder. It took it took a lot of arguments because it's like this came from my mind, you know, this came mm. from from my heart. How can I trust you with it? So first, that mindset, like no, like in order to grow, you need a team, yeah. and finding people that aren't exactly culture ins but culture ads. So you don't have to look for someone just like you. You maybe want someone else with a different work style. So you do more brains 
you can develop more things and sometimes you think you're you're so great you're, you're so perfect or or you have like great ideas but like other people having someone to respond to it with a, a devil's advocate stuff like that I think that's always great um, I think that you don't have to have someone to meet in person and getting um, online or virtual assistant works really well once okay. you create systems uh with the podcast where other people can do the work and it's actually not expensive at all especially if they don't if they don't live in the u.s hmm. i think i think building a team is it's essential it's entirely essential i wouldn't have been able to last fourth quarter i wouldn't have been able to reach to reach i had two stores at a time um just for the holiday season I wouldn't be able to do it if I didn't bring three other people in. Hmm. Um, it would have, it would have, yeah, I would have been burnt out. Yeah, sure. But so mindset of like delegation is what need, what you need to grow and then look for someone that's not exactly like you. And, but like maybe same, like not exactly focus, but determination to create something bigger than themselves because when you're working with people that are bigger than themselves then no matter what happens whether you're not getting money for it um you have like a purpose in it and if mm -hmm. they believe in it my people that work with me they some of the people they're like we don't even have to work we believe in you and we want to be part of your successful story wow just that's a couple of things that's just like off the top of my <laughs> no head. no i, I can see how if we do some consulting and like a, another, I, I could definitely, usually I create a whole like doc of yeah. uh, that I find. Uh, I would but, love to, I would love to put something on the books, maybe like in a month or now from now to do some consulting stuff together. Um, okay. Last section of the Think Old podcast, I call it the deep end, right? And Lexus, you're going to fill in the blanks with these sentences. Okay. Okay. Let's go. I am nothing without. Purpose. My greatest joy is nurturing. The world needs God. Hmm. Our greatest battle is ourselves. Ourselves. And that is a wrap. Think gold family. Lexus, <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time. Real quick. If you could drop me some acts for social media where people can find you and hear the rest of your beautiful story. Yes. So my personal Instagram where I focus on my self-care journey, my entrepreneurship journey is CEO Lexus ran like the car Fernandez CEO <laughs> Lexus Fernandez for my business. It is shop solita. And shop solita. And throughout the links, you'll find my motivational speaker website, the business website. All of that is on my Instagrams. Perfect. Any last words for people listening to this? Support. If you've gotten this far in this uh, episode, share it, like it, comment on it, share it to people that could really resonate with what mm. I've said. And support this guy. I don't even Amen. know where that where to go. <laughs> support this guy. Because I can tell you I've I've done, you know, a couple of podcasts and I 
I appreciate the organization and the work that you put in before and even you talking to me b beforehand. It's just like, this was really nice. Like this day, I really appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate that, Lexis. Um, best of luck at one o'clock. You know, I'm, I'm probably have you running a little late. And then we're gonna oh. run this back once I get my studio, okay? I appreciate it, thank you. All right, Lexis, take care. I'm your host, Ivory Frimpong, and I want to take the time to appreciate you for tuning in and really taking the time to listen to this from start to finish. Our goal is to reach as many people as we can, and that starts with you leaving us a five-star review and subscribing to our channel, along with following us on all social media platforms at Thinko Media, so we can continue to bring you guys great content continue to feed you guys with great perspective and insight some of the most inspiring people in the world thank gold god bless thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube